a cup of coffee, and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews, Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. The time is 8.01 a.m. You are listening to and watching Good Morning, Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. It's Friday, the 29th of September. The month has gone by very quickly, and we have a great show for you guys today as the uh, weekend approaches. We have our friends of the Aurora Historical Society here. Uh, on the show. I hope that you guys like the new feel of the show and the new direction that the show has taken. Uh, We're going to learn a lot from our friends today about the upcoming events at the Aurora uh, Historical Society, the cool books that you can find there, and also some of the great um, events as well uh, displayed here. I have with me my dear friends Ruby Sue and John Jaros uh, on the show. How are you guys feeling today? feel great. It's a All right. Morning. All right. Me as well. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. It is a uh, it is a, a great morning. Uh, we're glad to have you guys on the show. Your second time, and John, your very first. Yes, sir. So awesome, awesome. Um, thank you guys for watching. Please let us know how you feel in the chat this morning, and uh, shout out to everybody. Um, so we're going to talk first about the Tanner House tours by Candlelight that are going on Saturdays. And Fridays and Saturdays. Okay, Fridays and Saturdays um, all this month. Tell us about those. Well, I I go. Okay. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, it's it's that that season when people like to get out and uh, do maybe some spooky things. Okay. And uh, so for the whole month of October, uh, we're opening up our uh, historic Tanner House Museum. It's it's uh, an old house that was inhabited uh, by a family, the Tanner family. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was built in 1857, and uh, it's a beautiful architectural specimen, and uh, uh, you really get the feel of uh, Victorian life uh, furnished as as it would have been when the Tanners lived there. And people will have an opportunity to come in uh, every weekend, uh, Friday and Saturday evenings. Mm -hmm. We'll have two shows per evening well they're not really shows but they're uh two opportunities Mm -hmm. for people to come in and actually view the house as no one has viewed it before really by candlelight now not actual candles because we have some fire regulations that sounds like a show to me though (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like a show dimly lit you'll be able to uh have pretty much have the run of the house uh, we have a few docents that will be around to answer questions if need be, but people will be able to explore the, the home themselves okay. uh, in in uh, spooky, dark uh, yes. <laughs> atmosphere. Okay. And um, Now, are you guys going to be giving the tours there as well? Uh, You'll be part of them? Well, we'll, we'll be part of them. Uh, uh, I will be there for every single one except for yeah. one okay. date. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. The Historical Society has never done an event like this before. Traditionally, okay. we've done a really wonderful event every October called Death Comes to Tanner House. Okay. That has been a lot of fun and educational. And this year, we're just mixing it up a little bit with something spooky. Okay. And everyone does need to get their tickets ahead of time. We're doing no tickets at the door. All right. We already have some sold-out shows. Okay. And they can go to aurorahistory.org. 
slash October. Yes. And get your tickets for that. Mm-hmm. So uh, here's what the um, flyer looks like, you guys. Really good. Shout out to uh, Hoof and Horn mm-hmm. and then French 75 and other great supporters of this fantastic event. All right. And Tanner House is on the west side. It's a really nice looking, nice house. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Great style, great feel to it. Yeah. We're in a residential neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh, just uh, uh, two blocks uh, west of Lake Street and two blocks north of New York Street. Okay. Uh, on the corner of Oak and Cedar. And... Uh, I think this will be a, a great opportunity for people. We we say tour, but uh, essentially you'll you'll be get getting an introduction, mm-hmm. uh, five ten minute introduction, and then your your tour is on on your own. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, people get to interact with with the house. We're we're just going to have, um, I believe it is five five slots per. Uh, it's our, just a few. Yeah, yeah. so there's there well, there won't be any more than ten people in uh, right. uh, visitors uh, roaming uh, each time, and then we'll have some things on on the outside as well. And uh, do do our, we want to say the, the yeah. little special thing? Oh, you want to say the special thing? Yeah. yeah, let us know the special uh, thing. Okay. Well, so also in a first. For the first time ever, and possibly the last, ticketed mm. guests are allowed the use of EMF readers that we're letting them borrow for the night. Okay. That they can go throughout the house and just have fun. Okay. <laughs> Very interesting. So you guys really want to get your tickets um, for this. Don't forget aurorahistory.org slash October. Um, get your tickets. That sounds like yeah. a fun night. That sounds like a really cool night. It is going to be so fun. And I do want to add, um, we have some really generous anonymous sponsors that we're grateful for. And Hoof and Horn has been wonderful. And they're a super fun shop. As okay. Well. And they're providing us with cider. And French 75 is going to have a special Tanner House beverage that they're announcing. All right. And ticketed guests Ooh. get to go on show nights and get 20% off of the drink. Okay. All right. So there's an amazing savings and a benefit for you guys. And if you haven't been to French 75 yet, that's a fantastic place um, located on Galena right next to um, Fast Print, Royal Fast Print. It's so gorgeous. Great too. place. Hope and Braden get the shout out mm-hmm. um now the historical society has two locations um people are familiar with the tanner house corner of oak and cedar as you mentioned uh but then there's also the david l pierce center right downtown 20 mm-hmm. east downer place pierce art and history center um including the museum store and the permanent exhibit gallery aurora story um and then we've got our changing exhibits up here too as well um so let's talk about this one first Ruby, can you tell us about this one? Here Comes the Bride is one of my favorite exhibits that we've had. And John did a wonderful job with it. It's so well curated. It's sponsored by Wolfsfelds. Shout out to them. Wolfsfelds Bridal. Yes. Fantastic. Um, There's just so many gorgeous gowns from Aurora Brides throughout different decades. Yes, we have uh, about uh, almost 30 historic uh, wedding dresses on display and and they're all from the Aurora Historical Society collections and okay. they date from uh, the earliest one is 1853 and it was worn by uh, the wife of Aurora's founder uh, Samuel McCarty really um, and and uh, his his third wife by the way uh, because back in those days uh, 
being a woman, uh, that was a hard life. Right. And a lot of times you didn't, <laughs> didn't survive. Right. But uh, uh, yeah, Mrs. Mrs. McCarty's dress. And then the newest one we have is from 1976. So not, not that new. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, although Wolfsfeld's has given us a little array, uh, a, a nice bridal dress of, of the, the uh, current era. They put it together a nice little display with a, a bride, a bridesmaid. Uh, what? Uh, well, there's the most uh, gorgeous gown uh, with crystals yeah. and feathers. It's amazing. Yeah. Have you been to the exhibit yet? No, I haven't. Putting well, the pressure well, on. Well, I have not. I will, I will come to well, the exhibit. You, you have only about one week left. We've extended okay. this exhibit two different times. And this is the, so popular. the final extension. Mm -hmm. it, so, But it closes October 7th which is uh, a week from Saturday, Okay. Uh, a week from tomorrow. So we're open at the Pierce Center on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday okay. from noon to four, and Saturdays from 10 to four. But we're also open on first Fridays from six to 9 p.m. So this next first Friday on October 6th will be the last first Friday to see this exhibit. Please go out there on this next upcoming First Friday to see this fantastic exhibit. The oldest day or uh, oldest wedding dress is from 1853. 1853. Mm -hmm. The most recent, 1976. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All I'm right. Going to be a quiz. I'm going to ask you which is your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so check this out for your homework. Learn here. Learn here. Uh, good morning to you guys if you're just joining us. Vicki Moore, good morning to you. Amy Dermott, good morning. Vera Hall, good morning to you. Nora Peterson, Jennifer Ryan Maiton, and Jimmy Clark. Good morning to all of you fantastic people. The time is 8, 11 a.m. Uh, now the next one that we have, what's this one that we have here? Oh, this is the Candlelight oh, the, yeah. um, Tours. Okay. Um, so let's talk about you guys a little bit. What's it like with uh, immersing yourselves and being immersed in all this fantastic Aurora history? And how can folks um, present or donate things that they feel could be a lasting impact and, uh, and teach folks about Aurora and history? Well, sure. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's great to be uh, a part of, I feel like, you know, we're a, a part of history when we're interacting mm -hmm. with the history. Uh, the Historical Society has actually been in existence since 1906. Oh, wow. So uh, we have become really the, the uh, uh, place that keeps the community's treasures, uh, you know, historic treasures. And we have materials, uh, documentary materials that date back to the 1830s, which is the founding era of Aurora. Right. We have photographs dating back to the 1850s, which is when the first photographers came to Aurora. Wow. And then we have uh, three-dimensional artifacts of all kinds, uh, you know, from uh, small little things to from little buttons and pins uh, to uh, larger things like uh, a motorcycle that was made here in Aurora in 1910 and uh, a railroad hand car, the, the thing that you pump up and down. You mean like the cartoons? Yes, yes, yes <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And uh, we we do have uh, one of those. Now that's a show and tell episode. <laughs> and and if you if you come to the Pierce Center downtown, which I, I should say is uh, 20 East Downer, it's a building that's owned by the city of Aurora. But we're fortunate to share the building. Uh, the Historical Society is in there, and also the Aurora Public Art Commission, another great organization in town. Jen uh, Evans gets the shout out as well. 
She's okay. amazing. She is. And, and yeah. I think it, it might be Byrne now, Jen Byrne. But, uh, That's right. My, I'm <laughs> Scratch it up. We don't have to scratch anymore. You're right. It is Jen Byrne. Yeah. That's uh, just how old I am. You know? yeah. Anyway, um, so, uh, you know, we have, uh, as I say, the, the, the first floor gallery is changing exhibits, and we've already talked about the Here Comes the Bride wedding exhibit. The, uh, the second floor gallery is called the Aurora Story. It's a permanent okay. exhibit of Aurora history. And that's where you can see the Thor motorcycle, the railroad handcar, um, and a number of other uh, great Aurora things. Uh, and so we have, we have a lot of things we've been collecting for many years. Uh, we don't have a lot of staff. I'm one of the few paid staff people, so we rely on on volunteers. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, was that too personal there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as personal we, as volunteering every yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> we, we rely on volunteers, mm-hmm. and we're very fortunate to have a, a really good core of volunteers nice. that that help us out with all our events and and uh, uh, some of our day to day operations. You had asked about. Um, you know, materials. Yes, we are always still interested in, okay. in obtaining uh, more materials about Aurora, but we've had to become very selective because, uh, you know, over the years we've acquired a lot of things, but we haven't expanded a lot in space. Sure, so, sure. Uh, our, our, our space keeps getting more crowded and crowded. And uh, so, uh, you know, if you have something that you feel is, uh, is worthy, Aurora history, we would like to hear about it. Um, you can uh, contact us at uh, uh, the Pierce Art and History Center. When, when we're open, you can come down and uh, talk to myself or, or our uh, gift shop manager, Scott. He usually helps with that. Okay. And, uh, and then we'll determine whether, uh, whether something, you know, if we have six of the particular item, we're probably not interested okay. in it. But yeah. Okay. Do you think there's things we have a lot of versus things we need, like dishes? We maybe have a lot of dishware, but maybe photographs. Well, maybe? here's the thing. Yeah, we, let's we put have, out a call to folks if we. I'd, I'd be yeah. interested in doing that. Okay. Well, well, I'll tell you what. We have we have a lot of furniture. We we don't need a lot of old furniture anymore. Uh, we have a house full with the Tanner House, and we have uh, things in storage. Most museums have collection storage, and we we have that, and so we don't need a lot of furniture. We don't need a lot of clothing. Uh, we have lots and lots of that. Well, you see the wedding dresses. I said we've got almost 30 on display, and that wasn't even all the, cl- the dresses in the collection. Mm-hmm. We still had about a half a dozen more wedding dresses that we didn't put out. And yeah. uh, so, you know, we, we don't need a lot of clothing. But we, uh, anytime there's, yes, uh, photographic images of Aurora from, from all eras, uh, that's important to keep. And okay. uh, those are you know unique images usually and so we're always interested in more of that um we're interested in select things like we do save the uh, school yearbooks okay uh so east high west high um we've got a lot of the east and west but we don't have so much of the marmion and rosary so Mm. uh maybe we could use some of those if anyone has a marmion or a rosary uh yearbook contact the Aurora Historical Society. Mm-hmm. That'd be some interesting history to, to maintain and show mm-hmm. others. That'd mm-hmm. be really cool. Yeah. Uh, now let's talk about the books. You brought mm-hmm. two books today. And because I love to read, they caught my eye. Mm-hmm. The first one being True Tales of Aurora, Illinois by Matt Hanley. Uh, 
right here. I want to show you guys this book. This book is really cool. I immediately went in and looked at the table of contents, and I have to tell you guys, there's some amazing stories in here. Uh, I'm going to read just from the back. The truth about Aurora, Illinois isn't stranger than fiction. It's just more interesting. Uh, check in on visits from Orville Wright, Casey Stingle, John Dillinger, and JFK. Um, discover what happened to the man who recorded a landmark blues song in Aurora's tallest tower. And how a boy born in the city's poorest neighborhood went on to play for the Chicago Bears and Matt Hanley's fascinating collection of stories. Great stuff. And they can get this at the at the uh, museum? Yeah. When, when you come down to the Pierce Center, uh, as you enter, just on your left is the museum shop okay. where we have uh, dozens of titles and all kinds of other things. But uh, these are, uh, you're showing uh, the first and, and another of our, our two most popular or best-selling ones mm -hmm. uh the true tales uh matt hanley was a great reporter for the uh, uh beacon news and uh, compiled a lot of these stories while he was a reporter and then later they were collected and put into a, a book form a uh, great great book a great yeah, read a lot of a lot of neat mm -hmm. stories in there okay and, and the next one being haunted aurora and on the cover of this is the now saint charles home um, yeah, it was the uh, St. Charles Hospital. St. Charles Hospital. And yeah. now it's a um, uh, retirement. Yeah, uh, that I live right around the corner yeah. from. Discover the bizarre and haunted story that, that waits in the shadows of the City of Lights. Um, this is a great sentence here. Aurora was the first Illinois city to have electric street lights, but a dark history has resisted illumination as stubbornly as the chilly corner of the old roundhouse repels the summer heat. Goodness. If that don't make you want to read it, boy, I tell you, that's really good. Um, I do want to add that please. if you like deals like I do, our members get 10% off in our gift shop. Okay. Books and whatever, clothing, bobbleheads of the mayor. Yes, you guys do have the bobbleheads in there. Yeah. <laughs> They're quite popular. Yep. I like the um, I like the gift shop area in downtown and a, and a, and a friend, Perry Slade, oh, his yes. imagery. He is a... Yes. He is a we beer dear friend and his son and i went to high school together oh is that right yes huh. yep ramsey slade yeah they're a fantastic family huh. um but his his artwork uh, his photography um is in there too so i encourage mm -hmm. everyone to go into the david l pierce art and history um center it's right down the street from us right now um it's a great place and you guys have a lot of good events that happen up there too um so uh, first friday is coming up and that's mm -hmm. the last uh, last first Friday to see the Here Comes the Bride yes. exhibit. Um, and then can we preview some, uh, can, can you tell us some future stuff? Let us know what's, what else is coming up. What else should people be uh, aware of? Well, we have we have a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I, I think we want to say at the Tanner House, uh, you know, af after, you, after you come for October's uh, candlelight tours, which, uh, as, as you said, everybody wants to come to that, uh, <laughs> uh, so then we'll, we'll close for a little while and then during November we have uh, decorators that come in oh. and decorate the whole house uh, different people take different rooms and uh, for the month of December then we reopen for Tanner House holidays, oh, no. and and the house is beautifully decorated. It's 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 really my favorite time of the year to see the house because it it really 
it really shows well yeah, and mm -hmm. and uh, I, do you want to say any of the people that might oh, be decorating I, I do we have yes the new business cornucopia tea shop is decorating the dining room okay on Broadway, yes. right next to the Big um, City Services building. That's yeah, right. Absolutely okay. gorgeous gift shop. All right. And we have Yellow Bird Books, which will be our brand new bookstore downtown. Okay. Decorating the library. All right. We're getting yes. a new bookstore downtown. We are. It's so exciting. It's next to If These Walls Could Talk. If These Walls Could Talk, Stolp. Yes. Aha. Very cool. Mm -hmm. What a great street to have a bookstore on, too. It's such a gorgeous building, and it's just. She has such great taste. Yeah, so. that's the the Keystone Building. Is that the Keystone Building? It is the Keystone yes. Building. Okay. Yeah, and Karen is absolutely amazing. Um, so we have those decorators mm -hmm. and some other amazing people coming in. And this year we're adding people can buy hot cocoa or gingerbread cookies. Okay. And well, there's photos I'm, with Santa. Yeah, but that's on, on the open on the opening day. Oh, yes. Uh, okay. Right. Yeah, <laughs> which which will be. Uh, will open up on Saturday, December the 2nd. Okay. And then after that, we'll be open on uh, Sunday afternoons mm -hmm. uh, from 1 to 4, uh, starting on the 3rd, and Friday, excuse me, Friday evenings from 4 to 7 in the evening. Okay. All right. And you can come in and vote for your favorite room. Very cool. People's Choice Award. People's Choice Award. <laughs> uh, the time is 822. I, I'd like to get from you guys a sense of, because you guys have, I mean, in the store are books about the true tales of a road, which can take a reader back to a different era in time. You guys both see pictures of different times of Aurora. We talk about the dresses, and you can actually touch and feel a different era of aurora so well, i'd like to oh, we, we we don't want people touching the no, dresses no, no. We, okay? no, we don't we don't no, we don't we don't um but you know just talking you, about like you can what feel you it guys see. yeah yeah you can't try the dresses on okay do not but do we that. but uh, and, and when when we touch things we we try to wear gloves right <laughs> um but I, I wonder what's you guys a sense of the spirit of the city what have we come from and where are we now Ooh, that is a great question. I don't have the full perspective because I'm not a lifelong Auroran, sure. but when I see the older pictures of the thriving downtown and the department store and this downtown Aurora being the spot for Christmas time with the old classic cars, what would you say, 40s, 1940s? 40s and 50s, yeah, it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then there was just, let's call it a... A sleepy time sure <laughs> for downtown aurora and there's this great resurgence now so i think we've kind of yeah. come full circle yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. and I, it's yeah. an exciting time I, I i think um you know aurora has always had uh, a kind of a, a a communal feeling i you know I, I look at it uh so aurora has been many things over the years aurora has always been a, a melting pot mm -hmm. and we've had a, a, a many uh, different immigrant groups that have come in and and helped uh, build and flavor the city uh, with their own uh, traditions and uh, food and things like that uh, and even since the 1840s this has been happening so that right. there's been uh, different groups coming in and, and Aurora has continued to be that way Aurora was always a hard-working community we had many 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 factories 
from the earliest days, and you know, not as many today, obviously, but it was a you know, working class community, uh, a, a, you know, a community of a lot of churches, uh, um, always, always a, a great commercial center. Uh, and I think uh, uh, Ruby pointed out that the downtown was just vibrant with uh, commerce, so many shops, mm-hmm. theaters, banks, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I think what she points to is, uh, I know from personal experience, I, I, I grew up in Chicago, and when I came to Aurora, it was the mid-1980s. So, you know, om- almost 40 right. years ago, mm-hmm. not quite. And uh, things were pretty depressed. Uh, you know, a lot of the factories had left, uh, closed down, a lot of the downtown businesses had closed, the long-time right. uh, shops that people uh, frequented. And uh, there was kind of a a general uh, malaise or a negativity. Mm -hmm. And and I came in and I I saw, what I saw was uh, so much uh, the great architecture in downtown and the the, the great feel of history. I thought, wow, this is really something. And uh, there there were many ideas to turn the downtown around and bring it back. And, and little by little, uh, you know, okay, the riverboats came in and, and provided a little bit, mm-hmm. but you know, the, the, I think that the turnaround has really happened, you know, in, in the last uh, decade or, or yeah. a, Especially a little, the last five or six years. A, a little yeah. more where you really see the downtown uh, really coming alive. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, you know, many factors certainly, uh, you know, the, the city government, uh, you know, the city economic development people bringing, uh, you know, actively bringing uh, places in. And, and it's really, uh, I think it's really coming alive. Mm-hmm. I, 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 uh, I think there's a great future. You, you see all the, the, uh, the new commerce and the new living spaces mm-hmm. that have come into the, the center of the city and the downtown. And uh, I, I think we're going to see, uh, you know, the next 10 and 20 years are really going to be a, uh, a renaissance. Uh, I think we're already in it, but yeah. I think you'll, you'll really see that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I've, I've seen, um, seen the pictures of, the, of what you described, Ruby, like the, I mean, packed, streets mm-hmm. the dining cars i mean different folks i mean vicky moore who you know that that history yeah. page yeah. I love looking on there yeah she's awesome Roy looking on yeah. there you can see like man just the bustling flavor of it all um and then you know i wasn't around for its you know decline but i did see the decline there was none of that now when you go through downtown on a first friday i mean you gotta you gotta honk cause there's so many people like it's a you know, it's it's exactly. Don't drive, right? Go out there. Um, even continuing the very next day on Saturdays for the farmers market kind of thing. So I, you know, I I'd like to have that perspective because I know you guys see or you know you like see in the pictures the changing of the times and how things kind of ebb and flow uh, here locally. I think that's really cool. Uh, time is eight twenty eight a.m. Tracy Duran is here. Good morning, Tracy. Daniel Calderon, Aisha Saxon, Saul Olivas. Tracy says good morning and happy Friday. So exciting to see John Jarrelson, Ruby Sue B. I agree with that, Tracy, very much so. Vizo Arts, <laughs> good morning to you guys. Tracy says I fully agree. The community 
back in the day was so proud of all the products that were produced and manufactured and now that pride of hometown businesses is back which is great josie mendoza geller jen mendoza good morning to you guys too um yeah that's really cool one thing i'll share with folks um i learned that i learned a lot about the independent spirit of aurora by coming to the historic society and seeing some of the things you guys have there i found out there that aurora had a brewing company Mm -hmm. i didn't know that before coming i had no idea we had a brewing company like way back in the day um absolutely yep and then uh the young guy andy a town andy aurora andy yeah yes yeah he's like our own indigenous logo right yeah exactly it's pretty cool um i encourage everybody to go to the uh david o pierce art and history center 20 east downer place and then also don't forget william tanner house museum oak and cedar is the site of tanner house tours by candlelight fridays and saturdays all the month of october uh if you want to learn more aurorahistory.org slash october is the place to be and please don't forget about the uh, here comes the bride exhibit taking place through october 7th yes october 7th um you will see a lot and sponsored by wolfsfelt bridal That name's always kind of a tongue twister, but I did it. I did it pretty good. Not too bad. Uh, so the time is 8.30. We are going to show you guys something very amazing uh, for the next half of the show here. Um, recently, well, you guys know that Good Morning Aurora has come a long way in three years. I dug up some interesting footage um, of a great moment of learning for myself. Um, as you guys know, I like a good story. I like a good heartfelt story and I like anything that I can learn from. We interviewed a very interesting man once upon a time, and he had a tattoo on his arm that I was just so fascinated about. So the whole time we're interviewing, I'm looking at that tattoo, and he's a busy guy. Mm -hmm. So when the interview was over, I asked him, listen, do you got another five minutes or so to tell me about that? I really want to. He said, yeah, I'll tell you about it. So that's the footage that we're going to show for you guys today. I want to thank our guests one more time of the Aurora Historical Society, my dear friend Ruby Subi, and my new friend John Jeros. Um, They're fantastic people. Please get to know the Aurora Historical Society. And if you'd like to volunteer or get involved, your website is, once again, aurorahistory.org. Now to that footage. Um, tell us about that tattoo, the bee. The bee? All right, so I was a beekeeper up until April of 2019, where I took uh, two stingers to the knee. I was not even in front of my hives. Um, my tongue went numb, my heart rate shot up to 225, and all of my tattoos got raised, and I was no longer allowed to be a uh, beekeeper, because if I died because of bees, my wife would kill me. Was that your first time being stung? Nope. I would get stung multiple times a day. It wasn't a big deal. Uh, but I got hit with a bald-faced hornet on the temple, um, and I went into full-on anaphylaxis. If nobody ever tells you, your butt starts to itch, your palm starts to itch, you start sweating from places you didn't know sweat could come out of. And my heart rate shot up, my whole face got swollen, got to get a ride by the lovely Aurora Fire Department from my pharmacy over to Mercy, um, and they did three doses of epinephrine in the uh, ambulance, and I had to do a whole bunch of steroids after. And I don't react well with steroids, I can't sleep, I can't think, so... It was either run the risk of dying and pissing my wife off or dropping the bees. So, yeah, I, I became fascinated with bees uh, on a trip to Russia in 2002, and I became a beekeeper in 2010. 
and then 2019 was supposed to be like my 10th season. What was the fascination with bees? Um, the fact that you can coexist and not even realize that they were there. I was at a greenhouse in Moscow and it was like negative 20 Celsius outside. And we're inside this huge freaking industrial warehouse where they're growing food. And they had like this trough system where these long rows of like lettuces and cucumbers and shit were all just kind of planted out. And then they had people that were just kind of doing all this stuff. And I'm, I'm, I just, I didn't get it. I'm like, wait a minute, like, how do you do this stuff inside when it's so freaking cold? And I was like, my friends used to grow pot in college and they had this mitten. And they would go by and they would literally stroke off the plants to move the pollen from the pistol to the stamen, right? right? And I remember that being a thing that they would do. They'd either shake or they would pull. Well, I was like, I don't get this. And I went to the translator, Olga. I'm like, wait a minute. How are they pollinating? Do they have a glove? And she's like, no, the bees. And it was like this. Oh! And they had like this orange-hued room, like a silo in the center of the room, right. where they had beehives stacked up all the way, like 30 feet in the air. And they had this door that was on a timer. And it would open for the blooms. And then the bees, after time, would understand, yep, time to get done, all the watermelons have been freaking pollinated. And they would close the door, let them sit for a day or two, then open them onto the greens. And I'm like, that's freaking crazy. So I became like, that's that's dope. And then everywhere we went, I was in Tim, Timur Yazov, Russia, where it was the first place on the planet where they successfully artificially inseminated a queen bee. And me being the kid, going, <laughs> the translator's like, you're going to be our beekeeper. Yeah. She loves beekeeper. And then she totally freaking nailed it. Like, I ended up going, and at the time, I was playing guitar for a rap group out of Chicago called Rubber Room. And I was doing these rehearsals for this huge festival we were doing in Minnesota called Soundset. And I saw this little, this ad from Obansi, you know, a $19 beekeeping class. I'm like, dude, and I told my sister, she said, I'll go. So she goes, she goes, you would love this guy. It's not for me, but you would totally love this guy. So I, instead of taking like an hour class, I took an eight hour class. And I was like, bruh, use me. So I like immediately became this dude's free labor. I just wanted to learn. And it became like an obsession of mine, you know, like I'm not as much a honey snob anymore because I can't get in there and taste it seasonally as it changes. Sure. But honey is just one of those things where a little bit you can sit with that flavor. You can totally dive in on how like the nuances, of the different types of pollen. Like when I found out that early summer honey tastes like mint, because what's the predominant weed in these freaking, you know, all the, the on the side of the road. Cat mint is the predominant weed mm-hmm. in where my, my hives were. So my, my honey would taste a little minty in the summer. Like, what is this? And then like August honey, it's like Winnie the Pooh shit. It just tastes like what textbook definition of honey is supposed to taste like, right? But then you get into like September honey, bruh. As the trees and the leaves darken, the pollen gets more complex. And what's the predominant weed around here? Goldenrod. Goldenrod smells like sweat socks, but holy crap, does it make a crack of a honey? That's like blonde. Yeah, but it makes it like super dark and rich. And even though it's like a yellow, yellow pollen, they're matched with all the other browns around the area. It turns into like this caramely butterscotch crack. And that's where you can end up getting a stomachache from eating literally a pound of honey because it's like, I can't stop. I mean, it's just, so I became really, really passionate about those flavors. And then I would get like my friend, Brian Fisher, um, he's a Michelin star chef in Chicago. And he came out before he was a Michelin chef. Uh, Cause I used to have my friends help me spin honey. That shit's exhausting. So he comes out, he's all quiet. And I remember going, all right, now lick your finger. And I remember his face because I was just with him the other day. He puts his finger in the frame, looks at me like, are you serious? And puts it in his mouth and his whole, like his whole body went relaxed. like (laughs) Full body goosebumps. So again, if you think that the brain and the body aren't talking, we're wrong. There is no separation between the two. Like if a taco can give me goosebumps and honey can give me freaking goosebumps, obviously the way that I feel can impact my physical health and vice versa, right? Right. Dude, honey was like, 
it was this thing that like my wife knew like, all right, when Joel's got a hyper focus with his ADHD, you kind of got to let it go or you're going to run the risk of, you know, making me go in even harder. Right. right. But these small containers of honey are still in my cabinet and like, yeah, they, they crystallize, but I, I'll fill my whole sink up with warm water and just shake them and try to decrystallize it. Cause remember honey does not go bad. They found honey in King Tut's tomb and it was still edible. You just right. got to use a hot water bath to warm it up. Once it goes sub 72 or 68 Fahrenheit ambient room temperature dips, it's going to crystallize. That's what honey does. But it's perishable. Like, as long as you got a lid on that shit, eat it. And we like cooking with crystallized honey because it doesn't spill. And All right, we are back. The time is 8.37 a.m. You are listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. Hope that you guys enjoyed the first half of the show. Uh, that was a great conversation that we had with our friends of the Aurora Historical Society, Ruby Sue, um, awesome person, John Jaros, great man. Uh, they are really great people. Don't forget uh, their Tanner House tours by Candlelight are going on Fridays and Saturdays through the, the entire month of October. Now, we're going to give you guys some local news, let you know what's happening out here in the fantastic city of Aurora. All right. So, first things first, we're going to start off with the uh, Michoacan Arts uh, Cultural Paths. This is by the Aurora Public Art Commission Gallery. It's going to be at 20 East Downer Place. That's the uh, Tanner, or excuse me, um, David O. Pierce Art and History Center. Um, October 6th, 6 through 9 p.m. Music, food. This is going to be a fantastic event. Great sponsors like the Aurora Public Art Commission, the city, and uh, UNAM Central Cultural uh, Museum. So, once again, it's going to be uh, October 6th from 6 to 9 p.m. For more information, you can call 630-256-3340. The number again is uh, 630-256-3340. Uh, many great artists, too. So come on out there. And when you go out there, let them know that you heard about it on Good Morning Aurora. All right. Next up, uh, that's happening this weekend, is the... Colombian Fest, Carnival Colombiano de Joliet, the Joliet Colombian Carnival. Um, it's going to be Saturday, the 20th. Or uh, Oh, my goodness gracious. Let me sip it up. Sip it up. Norman Peterson, sip it up. Sip it up. As you guys know, when we mess it up, we sip it up, right? All right, let's try that again. It's going to be Saturday at 10 a.m. Uh, at 14021 Arbader Road in Manuka, Illinois. Um, no fee open to the community. Uh, there's going to be sports, live DJ, and activities for the entire family. So once again, here is the flyers. Flyers also on your screen. Uh, we've also got the flyer shared on our sister program, Buenos Dias Aurora. So you can go there, scan the QR code, and... Um, Learn more about the event. It's going to be a good time. All right. Coming up next is the Java Plus Chili Cook-Off. Now, this is, this, is, this is double the fun, right? If you can cook, you can enter. The prize is $100 for the best chili. But if you just want to eat and you don't want to cook, for $7, you can taste the chilies and you can be a voter. That's going to be Saturday, October 21st from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Java Plus. Java Plus is located at 1677 Montgomery Road 
here in Aurora. Javier Burgos and Dan Okanowski get the shout out today. Um, cook and compete, $100 prize. Submit and complete the contestant application and your $25 entry fee by October 13th. The QR code, as you can see on the flyer, uh, is a, is still active. So go ahead and uh, fill that out. Seven bucks to taste and vote. Once again, Saturday, October 21st is the day for that. All right. Moving right along, uh, the Hispanic Heritage Financial Empowerment Series. Now, this powerhouse of a series has been going on. Uh, most recently, the uh, the last event was the Passport to Home Ownership with guests, the City of Aurora and Bank of America. Next is going to be the uh, Community Expo, open to the public with activities for children and food. That's going to be October 7th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Prisco Center, located at 150 West Illinois Avenue here in Aurora. Um, for more information, you can call six or excuse me, three, three, one, three, zero, zero, three, five, six, six. That number again, three, three, one, three, zero, zero, three, five, six, six, or contact Juria at neighborproject.us. Uh, this is presented by neighbor project and everlasting word church. The Hispanic heritage financial empowerment series aims to, uh, help inform and educate members of our Latino community, Hispanic community here in Aurora about the, uh, potential and the benefit of home ownership. All right. Coming up next is the DuPage Hispanic Alliance presents the Latin American Marketplace, a unique holiday shopping experience. It's going to be December 16th through 17th at the Fox Valley Mall. Handcrafted gifts, arts and jewelry, Christmas ornaments, food and pastries as well as international activities. Uh, no passports required. For more information, you can visit DuPageHispanicAlliance.com. Now on this flyer, which we've shared on our social, is a uh, QR code in the bottom right-hand side. You can scan that to learn more about it. The DuPage Hispanic Alliance is a fantastic organization nancy juarez shaiska maria i mean just great people so please come on out to the fox valley mall for this december 16th and 17th uh the latin american marketplace all right alex we're a great team Okay, next is the uh, Dia de los Muertos event coming once again to the Fox Valley Mall. Uh, look at all this news. Man, I'm swimming in news. Alex, do I have to? Hold on a second. I know I got it. Uh, here it is. Okay. Um, October 28th is the day. This is also going to be at the Fox Valley Mall, presented by our dear friend Jose Torres and Angie Garcia, um, Macy's, Cass Incorporated, Zora Zapata Handcrafted, Juan Diego Rojas doing the singing. This is going to be from 1 to 4 p.m. at Fox Valley Mall. Great opportunity to come out, meet, see, and uh, mingle with our fantastic community here in Aurora. Uh, don't forget, it's going to be October 28th, 1 to 4 p.m. at Fox Valley Mall. Um, Dia de los Muertos and other music will be presented by Polo Sax. So that'll be a good one. You know what? That was yesterday. That's what we did yesterday. All right. Right. Yeah. Should have told you that. It's all good. That's on me. That's on me. But you know what's cool about it, Alex? Right. This is a blue collar show. So they see that we're so dedicated that every now and then we forget to take the old stuff out. Okay. Dia de los Muertos. 
that is coming to um, Chicago. Now, this is the Illinois House Latino Caucuses fundraiser, um, and it's going to be Thursday, November 2nd at Moe's Cantina, 155 West Kinsey Street in Chicago. Tickets and sponsorships are available. There's a lot of Dia de los Muertos events taking place all over the the state. Chicago and Illinois, or excuse me, Chicago and Aurora have some great events. This is one of them. Uh, once again, Thursday, November 2nd at Moe's Cantina, uh, 5.30 p.m. And 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. All right. And if you like the 1980s, who doesn't like the 80s? Party all the time, party all the time, party all the time. Then um, you're going to have a lot of fun on Saturday, October 21st. The Neighbor Project is having their 80s fundraising gala at the venue, 21 South Broadway. 80s dress is welcome. There's going to be a great DJ by the name of Josue Pais a.k.a. DJ Venom. Uh, 6 to 9 p.m., doors open at 5 p.m. Um, come out and learn about the Neighbor Project and how they help solve the puzzle of home ownership. Games, silent auction, a really great time. So Saturday, October 21st, tickets are available and sponsorships as well. You can go to www.neighborproject.us to learn more about that. All right. Cindy Morales is here. Good morning, Cindy. And uh, Sherry Ann Salveson, good morning to you. Maria Chirito, good morning. So many great people. Pooch Parade is coming on Sunday. Are you guys ready? Bow, wow, wow. You be yo, you be yay. Bow, wow, you be yo, you be yay. Atomic dog. Um, starting at 11 a.m., Pooch Parade. 100 plus canines competing in eight categories. That's a humdinger. It's going to be at Phillips Park Sunken Garden, 1000 Ray Moses Drive here in Aurora. Pooch Parade is always a great event for the city. Uh, people get a chance to showcase Fluffy and Boxer and uh, Donner and Blitzen. Bring them on out to the Pooch Parade and have a really good time. Looking forward to seeing some of the great wagging tails that the city of Aurora has. Okay. Next up is the uh, Polar Bear Outing 7th Annual Marimba Players Scholarship Fundraiser. Our dear friend Gil Rios gets a shout out today as well. It's going to be Saturday, October 21st. Registration is at 11 a.m. with a shotgun start at 1 p.m. This will take place at Orchard Valley Golf Course. $125 per golfer is the price. That includes your golf cart, range balls, and fun as well. Dinner is at 6 p.m. Uh, to sponsor a hole, there's different levels. For more information, you can call 630-327-9476. That number again is 630-327-9476. Okay. And ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the news today. I hope that you guys um, enjoy the new look and feel of the show. Um, we're trying some new things. We... We stay dedicated to sharing the mission of Aurora, the people of Aurora, their stories, their businesses, and what's happening in the city. Uh, we've been doing this for three years, so we really appreciate all of the support uh, from our colleagues, friends of the show, elected officials, supporters, listeners, subscribers, all of you great people. Um, the format of the show has gone through some different changes. Um, we're going to keep trying new things out with it and let us know what you guys think about it in the chat. So send us an email to goodmorningaurorail at gmail.com. I uh, want to give a quick thank you 
uh, right now to a couple of people who've been a really good help uh, and inspiration as we've been doing the show. Uh, the first person is Nick Thompson. Thanks, Nick, for all his guidance and everything that he's provided to the show in regards to um, advice, ideas, um, and just best, best practices, too. You know, what you think you know and what you think you can do may not be applicable if you're trying to go certain places and do certain things. So it's always good to remain grounded in reality. And thanks very much, Nick, for that. Other person I'd like to thank right now is Tracy Duran. Um, uh, Tracy Duran has been a a really good friend of the show. Um, You know, we uh, the art or the history of Aurora is is very deep and robust. There's a lot going on in the city. And when it comes to like capturing the story of what other people have been through and what their lives are like and what they've experienced, I've tried to do that through questioning people. I've tried to do that through interviewing people, providing a space for them to share what they've been through, what they're doing now or what they're going to do here on the show. But Tracy Duran's been doing that in a couple other different mediums, capturing the story of Aurora and sharing it with other people uh, like me. So I want to say thank you very much. And also this desk piece right here came from Tracy Duran. And uh, we've kept it with us in the growth of our show. And uh, we're going to keep it with us forever. I hope that you guys have a fantastic weekend, a blessed weekend, a safe weekend, and a positive weekend. Good morning, Aurora. We'll return on Monday morning with more news, more weather, and the very best of Aurora. Be blessed. Take care of yourself and each other. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m.